1: All right, so the Bucks win the opener against the Dallas Cowboys. Sunday night football, 19-3 to with Joey Knight. This is Rick Stroud. And, Joey, the interesting thing was the Cowboys took the kickoff. They drive it down the field, 14 plays. Uh, they get stopped, end up with a field goal. That was it for the night. This game was about defense on the Bucks side and about the job they did against Dak Prescott. And also on the offensive side, it was. I think we got a glimpse of what life is going to be like with Todd Bowles and a 45-year-old Tom Brady who seems all too content um, to sit and hand the ball off when he needs to. They didn't finish in the red zone, but this was a game plan that I think they'd like to follow uh, right up until the point where they didn't score touchdowns. If they could get, get the ball in the end zone, obviously that would be better. But this is sort of a template that I think we're going to see.
2: We didn't see a lot of riskets. We didn't see a lot of biscuits tonight. We we saw victory, and that's what matters. Yes, uh, we've talked about this before. Tom Brady, you know, time is undefeated, and there is going to be a law of diminishing returns on Tom Brady at some point. I don't see any sign of it yet, but the man is 45 years old, and he's got a 17-game season to play. And what we saw tonight, I think, is just a little bit of and and take what the defense gave you. Todd Bowles made that clear. We were just taking what what Dallas gave us. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know how much of that is coach speak, but whatever degree it was, it, it worked. Um, and Tom Brady came out unscathed, uh, aside from some some red zone deficiencies which have to be cleaned up. It was a, it was a clean night for him. And workhorse Lenny, he he had his best game as a buck. Twenty one carries, one hundred twenty seven yards. That's his best rushing performance in a Tampa Bay uniform and yes like you Rick I think we're going to see maybe not to this degree where it's just kind of ground and pound all night but I think we're going to see for lack of a better term a little more conservative approach going forward if for nothing else than to preserve their middle-aged quarterback for the course of a 17 game season if not longer
1: and another reason obviously would be because they finished the game with one offensive lineman who had played last year I mean, you looked out there, and Tristan Wirfs is the only guy that you remember from 2022. Obviously, Josh Wells came in for Donovan Smith. We don't know what kind of a loss that might be. Smith had to leave the game, did not return because of an elbow injury. No one seemed overly concerned after the game. Todd Bowles had no update. But you started the game with Robert Haynesy, who, of course, is only playing because Ryan Jensen got hurt in training camp. Serious knee injury, may not come back this year. Um, You know, you already had... uh, Shaq Mason, who's come over from New England as a free agent, he's played some football, but he got beat for a sack, one of two by Micah Parsons. And then Luke uh, Gedecki was was somebody that, uh, or Gedecki is one, somebody that was was making his first start, didn't hear his name called, which might be the best thing you can say about him, is that he played a full game, and he got Leonard Fournette on track uh, for the most yards he's had in a game with the Bucs. So all in all, I, I think it's the combination of Brady's age, being 45 years old, he doesn't want to lead the league in, in pass attempts this year with 716. And the fact that they need these guys to have some time together to gel and still try to win games. I can almost hear Brady and Bulls talking about this in terms of, look, we're not going to be the team that we need to be at the end of the year to advance in the playoffs right away. We're going to have to find a way to win ball games against good football teams. It may not be pretty. It may just be one point. And that's all we need is one more point than the other guys, and and the great thing is, a 45 year old Tom Brady is more than content to do exactly that.
2: Absolutely, uh, playing right into the uh, the desires of his of his new head coach. Um, I, I think you're right, Rick. I, I think we could see this at the outset. You know, for as long as this totally refurbished offensive line needs to gel. But that said, they need to get Donovan Smith back. He has been the one anchor for this team since 2015. I I looked it up when he went down of the 113 regular season games Tampa Bay has played while Smith has been here. He started 111 of them. He's just been, he's been an anchor at at left tackle. It was kind of a travesty that he hasn't been a pro bowler yet. Um, and, And we saw what happened, you know, bless his heart. Josh Wells goes in and replaces him and Micah Parsons goes right around him for a sack. Just very shortly after Donovan exits with that elbow injury, we don't have an update on it. Hopefully, later today when Todd Bowles speaks to the media, we'll have we'll, maybe we'll have a little bit better of an idea. But yeah, I, I you know I, th- the fact that we didn't hear Luke Gedecky or Robert Haney's name called a lot tonight, I th- think that speaks very well, and I think this is a very good, very prudent approach for this offensive line. What we saw in Game One going forward, and we may see it a little more, but. They need Donovan Smith back.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true, and that's that's Tom's Blyden side. Hard to find one left tackle in this league, much less two. We've seen Josh Wells struggle in playoff games. That's one of the reasons why they weren't able to beat the Rams um, because they gave up so much pressure to Von Miller. The story of the game, really, for the Bucks, if you really boil it down, was their defense. To give up three points on the road in, in this environment on opening night, nonetheless, with all the emotion that the Cowboys had – you know, Jerry Jones and year and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I looked at that football team that the Cowboys put out there today, and it wasn't nearly as good as the one that they put out in week one a year ago. Um, you know, obviously CeeDee Lamb is their go-to receiver. Well, they went to him 11 times. He caught two passes. And, and it was not because Dak Prescott made bad throws. It was because he was well covered by everybody, Carlton Davis, um, Antoine Winfield had an interception that either him or Carlton Davis probably would have made, and and they got their hands on a lot of footballs, balls that were deflected into the air. They could have had really two or three more interceptions with, right? so I thought that was the most encouraging thing was the combination of their rush, which they did put pressure on Dak. I know they only sacked uh, him in in um, in the backup quarterback. Dak had to leave the game because of a uh, of a hand injury, but. Uh, in the fourth quarter. But at the end of the day, um, what you come away with is, wow, this defense looks really fast and really good. Um, you know, we mentioned, you know, a guy like Devin White, who two years ago had nine sacks, but well, he had two um, in this game and was active all over the place. He he dropped into zones. He made a lot of tackles, uh, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. I thought that d- defensively what I what I came away with, you know, as you go into New Orleans – next week with that group of receivers and Alvin Kamara and Jameis Winston coming back to beat Atlanta, that's that's something that will travel. Uh, if they can play that kind of defense and get Brady the ball back as much as they did tonight on Sunday night, then I think they got something.
2: And, you know, I was one of those people who was a little concerned when Bowles told us that he was still going to call the defensive play, still be the coordinator and the head coach. We've seen that people attempt that before and it hasn't worked out so well well it it worked out well tonight you know the final numbers are pretty grisly for the Cowboys 244 total yards um, I think 71 yes 71 yards rushing Dak went out with that with that hand injury as you mentioned and all of a sudden week one it's DEFCON 5 for Dallas but uh, you know we, we saw kind of a, I don't want to say reborn but just a rejuvenated Devin White after kind of sort of a down year last year and I was just really particularly impressed with Carlton Davis we jump on him because he doesn't have a lot of interceptions but he is still the best cover corner uh, on this team even without the interceptions and he proved that tonight they you know they didn't go his way much but when they did he was there for for a pass breakup or just to be disruptive I thought he had a heck of a game
1: he did, and Todd Bowles also uh, went predominantly with his starters on defense. He had a rotation on the defensive line. Logan um, Hall had a had a tackle for loss, I think, but for the most part you didn't see a lot of Sean Murphy bunting, if at all. They went with three safeties. Logan Ryan uh, was a starter and played in this game. They, they played Antoine Winfield as an extra defensive back sometimes uh, in that slot corner position, and then, of course, you had Jamel Dean. And he had Carlton Davis on the outside. So that's sort of the way um, that they lined up. And, and they stuck with their guys. And, and it was effective. There was really no rhythm whatsoever for Dak Prescott. He never got things going. They went for it on fourth down a few times. They didn't convert there. Um, the field position, I thought, you know, for the most part, when they needed to punt, <laughs> they they managed the first punt by Jake Kamarta hit the scoreboard. Not seeing that, only the second time I think it's been hit in regulation, but the ground rules are, much like the TROP, uh, it's out of play, so you got to do it again. Uh, and then he unleashed like a 60-yarder. So uh, the special teams were good. Uh, I you usually have breakdowns early in the season on special teams. You have new players, um, but they covered well. They, they did not give up uh, much field position at all. So all that was real encouraging. Um, I, I want to get into sort of, you know, brady and and this idea of where he's at both as a quarterback and and, and how this year might go uh, but first i wanted to remind people of our sponsor may electric solar they're a family-owned and operated business they've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years look there's a, a lot of these fly by net companies but may electric solar is committed to you for the long term they guarantee their workmanship for with a 30-year labor and services warranty plus with every installation you get 750 dollars worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products, conducts on-site testing so you can see what they'll install, plus they don't use subcontractors so you know exactly who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. Schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long, and you can observe the quality of your life and the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. This is really interesting to me because, I, you know, we woke up, and there's always these 2 a.m. Uh, tweets or posts from either Adam Schefter or Ian Rapoport, and, and there, was, there were a couple of them. One was about Godwin playing, and we figured he might. Uh, he was a game-time decision, and that was the case. The other one was um, about Tom Brady and, and what happened on those 11 days he was gone. And according to Ian Rapoport, he went to the Bahamas, it, and you had said this weeks ago that it was a vacation promised basically, to his wife, to his family when he had retired for those 40 days, and he honored that promise. Now, I happen to think and fairly certain is there's a little more to it than that, but nonetheless, um, that's that's what is out there. It's true that Brady is going to be a story no matter what season he plays or where he plays it. However, I, I get a whole different vibe for him, um, when, when he, whether he's on the podium, uh the one thing I will say is that his arm is still very lively. He seems as always as driven as he's ever been. He has a real good understanding, I think, that of how this football team needs to win and what they need to do to protect their defense and vice versa, protect their offensive line. Um and he's he's got three he's got some receivers now. Julio Jones and Tom Brady, if they stay healthy together, this Julio Jones made a remarkable catch on a 48-yard pass, had some other jet sweeps and things like that. This is the sort of thing, I think, that invigorates a Tom Brady when you can add him to Chris Godwin. And we don't know how long he'll be out with the hamstring. Um, but Mike Evans was Mike Evans. And uh, I'll tell you, it, it, there's something about Brady, as much as since he's been here. You know, the first year was kind of like, let's figure this out. And I, I don't really know what I'm doing. I've, I've got this you know, no risk, no biscuit offense. This is clearly the tom brady's control of this team with todd bowles and this is going to be a a, an interesting fascinating year because i think brady is like he knows it could be it but he is he is as focused when he gets on the field people wondered what kind of game would he play you know the, the 11 days off that's not going to affect him on sundays mondays or any other day they play
2: i've come to this conclusion rick I think Tom Brady is addicted to football. I think that's his drug, his narcotic, and his rush is a Super Bowl ring. I I, I think that's it. I mean, no athlete on the globe has probably been dissected more than Tom Brady. And, you know, throughout this... this retirement and unretirement and his, you know, brief sabbatical from training camp, you know, we, we, we've had a chance to assess it and examine it more. And I've just come to the conclusion, why does a guy like this who has everything continue to play when there's nothing more to prove, when he's got more money than he can spend in five lifetimes, why continue to do it? And I just think he loves it that much. It's his addiction. And again, I, I mean this, the rush is the ring going after that eighth ring, and I think he's willing to do anything and modify anything in order to make that happen. And, you know, we we saw that tonight. We talked about it at the outset of this podcast. He's 45 years old. Tonight he took what the Dallas Cowboys gave him. And that you know that that was just you know a lot of stuff up the middle and off tackle and Leonard Fournette flourished and I think Tom's fine with that just as long as it gets him one step closer to his rush which is that eighth Super Bowl ring I, I you know and you know we can continue to analyze this and we will ad nauseum but I I just think he loves it that much and the end game that ring he he's willing to do anything modify his game modify his offense to make it happen, especially at age 45. Now, maybe he wouldn't have been so forthcoming when he was 25. But, you know, I think that's something that he's willing to do. But that said, that said, uh, I mentioned this to you tonight. There was one pass, a quick slant over the middle. I think it was to Jones or Brashad Perryman. He overthrew him. He threw ahead of him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said, my gosh, look at that fastball. He's lost nothing off his fastball at age 45. So, you know. What transpired tonight, notwithstanding, you know, just going conservative, for lack of a better term, that guy still has everything on his vest. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: He does. He can still throw it. And he demonstrated that tonight when he had to. Um, This first week of the NFL season was nuts. It was crazy, right? I mean, we were sitting here watching games. Sunday Night Football, obviously, here in Dallas, give us a chance to see some games prior to this. Um, They go into New Orleans next week. 1 o'clock game Sunday in the Big Easy at the Mercedes-Benz Dome. And the Atlanta Falcons had the Saints dead to rights, and they let them off the hook. Jameis Winston had about 58 yards passing in the first half, went nuts in the second half. Him and Michael Thomas had a couple of touchdowns, and they win by a point over the Atlanta Falcons. Next week is their home opener. New Orleans has been Tom Brady's kryptonite since he's been here, with the exception of the one that mattered, right? The game that he beat Drew Brees in his last game uh, to go to the NFC championship and then go on and win the Super Bowl. Aside from that, um, they seem to they seem to be the team that gives the Bucs, and Brady in particular, the most fits. I think this is a huge game. I mean, it's week two. We know they're going to play on a Monday night in Tampa later on. We know how there's 16 of these left, right? Um and we know that a guy like Winston is going to be motivated. There's no Sean Payton. Um, they still have a very good defense. And yet they didn't play well and they still managed to beat Atlanta on the road. I think this is a, I think this is a big early test for the Bucs um, who, for all the world, can't beat the Saints or the Rams. They need to, to sort of make a statement. We talked about these four games to start the season. Suddenly, if you look at week one and you say, you know what, the Saints can be got. And we know that because Atlanta had them and they let them off the hook. And good for the Saints that they came back and they beat him. and Jameis did his thing. But the Green Bay Packers did not look good at all no. in their first week one loss at Minnesota. The Rams got throttled on the Thursday night game against the Buffalo Bills, who might be the best team in football and might have the best defense as well and the best quarterback for all we know. But I'll tell you what, the NFC, if you look at the talent on this football team, and again, the offensive line is a question mark and they can't lose a Donovan Smith or a Tristan Wirfs, but if you look at it, you go you could just tell they were better than the Cowboys. They they could line up and go our dudes are better than your dudes as as my friend Matt Baker would say. They have dudes, right? Yeah. This is a team to win now. It's going to be about keeping them all healthy. They have older players, guys like Jones, uh even even Mike Evans. Uh Chris Godwin's already hurt. This this to me, if you go 2 and 0 to start this year before you come home to play a wounded Green Bay team without Uh, you know, the the core receivers they've had, and then Kansas City comes to visit, which might be the best team they're going to play in the first month. I think you're off to a great start. I think this was a big win. I think it gets them some momentum. And next week, it's all about payback time and whether or not you can take control of this division early.
2: No question. The NFC is wide open right now after what we saw today. But we both know they are going into a snake pit next Sunday. Um, and a, a big reason for that in the past has been Sean Payton and his aggressive play calling. He's not there anymore. Uh, a little bit of it last season was Jameis Winston, but we know how volatile he can be. He proved that today just between first and second halves. A big reason in recent years for the Bucks' lack of success against the Saints has been Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator who's now the head coach. He's just, he's been very physical. They play a lot of just very press man coverage and uh, they harass Tom Brady and it, it they just make things very difficult for him that's been that's been the hard part uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have a story running later this week in, in the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com it's it's seven regular season games in a row the last time the Bucks defeated the Saints in the regular season was the 2018 opener with Fitzmagic that, that long A ago,
1: complete an anomaly, right? It,
2: it, it's it, it's insane, and we're going to kind of dissect and detail each of those seven losses. It'll be entertaining because there are some disasters and some doozies in there. But it's it's gone back to seven games. Um, I, I was looking, I was looking, Rick, just doing some homework uh, earlier Sunday afternoon. The last time the Bucks beat the Saints, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. USF was just coming off a 49-38 win against Georgia Tech to go 2-0. and Gas was 2.90 a gallon, and nobody had ever heard of
1: Anthony Fauci.
2: <laughs> so that's where we are. <laughs> seven defeats later, that's where we are.
1: I mean, that's, that's, that says it all. I mean, it's, they they've just had their number, and yet I'm sure the Saints would trade those seven defeats for the one that they uh, weren't unable to get in the uh, divisional playoff game. Um, listen, for Todd Bowles, this was a big statement game. They made a head coaching change, and I think uh, we saw some of the Bulls' stamp on this game. A year ago, when they played the Dallas Cowboys, they had 11 penalties. They had three or four turnovers. In this game, they had five penalties. Um, and they had a penalty on the first play of the game. Cam and Brait <laughs> didn't actually start off very well. Cam and Brait jumped off sides, essentially had a uh, false start. Uh, but after that, after the first play, they had four more in the entire game. Uh, It was a clean game. Uh, It was a disciplined game. You hear Bowles talk about accountability. This is not about, uh, you know, Bowles versus Bruce Arians. But in terms of of seeing what he's about, physical, it was a physical game. They imposed their will up front. Um, Leonard Fournette ran hard. Uh, The defense uh, played hard. Um, And and I think you can kind of see what this is going to be about if, if they follow this template is that, um, he's a hard-nosed coach. We talked to him. You know it. You can feel it when you talk to him. He doesn't suffer any fools. And I thought this was a game that was a Todd Bowles game. Look, defensive coaches tend to play close games. I will say this. I don't know who they're going to blow out. There's somebody on the schedule they're going to absolutely throttle, right? I think they're going to play a lot of close football games. But you know what? If you've got Tom Brady in the fourth quarter in a close football game, you're okay with it. And I know Brady's okay with it. And what they did tonight was take whatever – the Dallas Cowboys wanted to give them. And they were playing too deep zone, and they, they said, you know what, you're going to sit back in the zone, we're going to run you, against, run you to death against this seven-man front, and they did it. And those two guys are in lockstep about how to attack defenses, how to attack certain teams, and it's just interesting to me that you could feel Todd Bowles' presence on this football team tonight.
2: Right. It's a, it's a winning formula. It's not a modern formula, but it has proven successful in the past, and that, that's the key. Tom seems on the same page and seems in sync with Todd and what he wants to do so yeah you could see a lot of these games throughout the course of the season it doesn't make for the most electric type of football that we've seen in recent years but it could prove very very successful especially if Leonard Fournette stays upright
1: that's the key and Rashad White got some carries he looked good as well Um, made some nice pickups on some blocks and things like that but you're right uh, the health of the team is everything. It's one of 17 weeks, veteran team. Um, guys went in, guys went out. Julio Jones went out, Mike Evans went out. They came back in. Uh, we're gonna have to check on Godwin. That's gonna be an injury now that with a hamstring, which is not uncommon, by the way. Sometimes when you're when you have a knee injury, you sometimes can get the hamstring uh, to closely follow. But at least he got out there. He got the hip below the waist. We'll see if he's able to come back next week against New Orleans. Just through one final reminder: May Electric Solar. Uh, They've been in business for 12 years. They have a 30-year guarantee on their work, $750 worth of surge protection. Call these folks. You can go and check out their uh, display in their Hudson showroom, and they're going to save you some money today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate and lower your electric bill all year long. May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. We are on a... Very early flight this morning as we do this podcast. We will not be going to bed, so we're going to cut it just a little bit short. But uh, from AT&T Stadium, the Bucks get off to a 1-0 and start, 19-3 to win after giving up a field goal on the first possession. They shut out the Dallas Cowboys the rest of the way and Dak Prescott. Impressive win for Tom Brady. Impressive debut for Todd Bowles. We'll be in New Orleans next week for the 1 o'clock game. Thanks for listening. For Steve Bursnick, for Joey Knight, I'm Rick Stroud of the 10 Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.
0: mom